This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. But where we are, I have started a series of a month or so back on the mountains of God. Mountains. We started with Ararat and went into great detail about that and Noah's Ark and where it's at, what happened, and, and there's a whole, it took three, three different lessons to complete that one. And, uh, there was quite a bit to that. We're going to finish up with Mariah today. I've been on this probably five weeks. I thought it was going to be three. But, uh, there was much to cover with Mariah. That's where, uh, Abraham had offered up Isaac. And the thing about Mariah and about all these mountains, God personally handpicked them. God told Abraham, you go to Mount Moriah. This is where it's going to be in the scripture for that. Let me cover them real quick so I don't, I do not want to sit here and, and just say something without backing it up from where I get my information. In Genesis 22, 3. Genesis 22, 3 says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place which God had told him to. Okay, so God told him to go to Moriah. Now, uh, and, uh, let's see, go to Second Samuel chapter 24 real quick. We're going to flip around a little bit before I get into Sinai. Hang on just a second. Second Samuel chapter 24. Okay. After Moriah and after that period, the same mountain, the exact same mountain, David bought the threshing floor and God had handpicked the mount, the mount Moriah to be the place where the altar would be built to get the forgiveness in the, for what David had sinned numbering the tribes of Israel. I'm not going to go back into details on that because that will take, that's another lesson in itself. But in, in verse uh, 24, verse 18, and Gad, and Gad was David's seer. Back then they called a seer a prophet. Gad came that day, this is chapter 24 of 2 Samuel, verse 18, and said unto him, Go up to rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. And Jabed did according to the saying of God and went up as the Lord had commanded. And uh, Arana looked, and anyway, I just wanted to, to cover those, that two, those two verses there to show God personally picked out that threshing floor that David was going to rear the altar up, and it was the exact same place, the exact same mountain, Moriah, where Isaac, Abraham had offered Isaac up. A whole lot of history there on Mount Moriah. Let's go to uh, Second Chronicles. And I'm speeding right through these because each one of these had a lesson that we went through. Second Chronicles chapter 3. We're going to catch up to speed here as we move forward. This is important to, to go to where you where you're heading. Second, I'm the first. Hold on, I had these marked. Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one. Exact same mountain, exact same place. Then, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah. 
where the Lord appeared unto David, his father, in the place that David had prepared the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So you've got all these three events that have happened. Mount Moriah there. And then that's where the first temple was built. I'm not going to cover that, but if you want to look in uh, Ezra chapter 1, there's the, the second temple had been to be rebuilt right there in the same place. The third temple will be built right there as well. And we know that because the west wall is still standing. And if we go to Zechariah chapter 14, real quick, it's, I wished everybody could have heard every one of these lessons on this on the, this whole event and, and Mount Moriah being handpicked by God because this is where Jesus Christ is going to reign forever or at least a thousand years until the new heaven and new earth comes down to the new Jerusalem and that's going to be right there. I mean, it, he picked it. Zechariah chapter 14. All right, let's start with verse 1. Or let's, wait a minute, I don't want to read verse 1. Let's see. Verse 4, and this is Jesus Christ coming in the Revelation. And his feet shall stand that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, and the toward the east and the west, and there shall be a great valley. And half of the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of the mountain to the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, and the valley of the mountains shall flee. Reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee like as a fled and before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah the king. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with him. The bottom line, he's going to come through that east gate and he's going to sit on the throne of David. And the throne of David was on Moriah where the threshing floor was. The, the, uh, the actual throne of David, we covered that before it was uh, actually moved to Ireland and Ireland to England and we don't know where it is today but they do have the actual throne somewhere I haven't done research or history on that how it ended up in Ireland I don't know but that's not the uh, the part of the lesson okay one more word one more quick verse here before we move on to to, to uh, Sinai because I do want to finish up with Moriah we had covered how, they, how Jesus himself said in, in, in Luke that he, and when Luke wrote, he will reign on the house, on the throne of David forever. When he was first born and, uh, he told Mary, he said that you shall call his name Jesus and he shall reign on the throne of his father David forever. I'm, I, I, I've got the verse for that, but I'm not going to go there. Revelation chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This should get all of us excited. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Fishermen might be a little disappointed, but, but the ocean's gonna be gone. There's no more sea. Can, and, and if you think about space, look how far and vast that third heaven is. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. So we, none of us can fathom in our mind the things that God has prepared for us that love Him. There's, there's nothing that you can imagine in your heart to see, to understand how it's going to be. There was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. See, it's going to be new. It's going to be brand new. We don't know what it's going to be like. But it's going to be right there. Because it's going to be right there at where Moriah is. 
coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I'm not going to get into Revelation, but I'm just saying that, that the new Jerusalem, it's, it's, he's not going to, it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth right there. And I don't want to get back into details about Mariah, but Mariah, but Jesus Christ will reign on the throne of David, he said, forever. Okay. So now that is the end of Mariah. And, uh, as far as our teaching goes. Okay. Let's go to now to the lesson today, which we're going to start on Sinai. When I started studying Mount Sinai, I just, I, you know, we've all got history of what exactly happened. But as I've studied, it just fascinated me. The more I read the scriptures, the more I see what I don't know about it. I learn and learn and learn. And I say, man, I've been reading that all my life and, and I just saw it. Y'all may have seen this differently. Okay, the thing of it is, Moses had witnessed, or Moses had killed a man and there were some witnesses to it. And he fled. And he fled to Mount Horeb. I don't know if you know this or not, but Mount Horeb, and I'll show you scripture to back this in just a minute. Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai are the same mountain. Mount Horeb is called the Holy Mount of God. It's not two different mountains. It's not two different mountain sites. Mount Sinai is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and we're going to get down to that. But this is the same mountain. Where it's Horeb and, and Sinai are the same, and that's in the scripture, and I'll show you. Okay, verse 3. And Moses, this is after he fled Egypt, could fled for his life. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, in the, pre, the priest of the Midden. And they led the flock on the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now, the mountain of God. God's chosen another place where it's all going to happen. And this, this is what, but I would, all my life, you know, you see pictures, the little burning bush burning up on there and it's not consumed. Let me tell you something, this is much greater than that. Because when God shows up on the scene, it's, it's not some little thing. In my life, I've always thought he saw a little burning bush over there and he went up to check it out. No, let me tell you something. Look at this verse here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And they looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. My, this is my take on it. This is not doctrine. This is my thing. It was a massive bush for an angel to be able to stand in there in the midst of a fire. And he saw an angel standing in the midst of a fire. That's a burning bush. It was not some little thing that was chinkling on it. I think it was just on a blaze. And he, he says, man, I don't even feel any heat. That's a, that's a bush and it's not burning. It's, it's, there's an angel in it. I'm just thinking that what he visually saw in his heart. And the angel of the Lord, verses 2, appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. So he, he saw the angel. He said, appeared unto him. That means he had to see that angel. He said, can you imagine just keeping a flock of herd and all of a sudden you see, I can't imagine. He had to be, number one, be fearful. But number two, man, I got to check this out. I have to see what this is all about. And the bush, verse uh, two, the end of it. And the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. 
And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. See, it wasn't some little thing flinkering. It's a great sight. It's, 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 I can't even explain in language what he must have actually visually saw. But God was in it speaking, so it ain't going to be no little thing when God shows up. I want to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burning? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, see, God didn't want him to come up there. He didn't want him to get close to him. He, he, Moses wasn't prepared to, to physically be right there at God. None of us are. None of us are qualified. None of us are, are holy enough to go to, a, to our Father and, and, and be that close. We can only clean our hearts up and, and, and pray and get, let Him get close to us as we get closer. But God's not going to allow these people to just come there. And we'll see that further as, as He comes down on a cloud there. He says, tell them people stay away from me lest I'm going to kill them. Kind of interesting as we get further into this Mount Sinai. It's just crazy. Not crazy, crazy, but I'm fascinated with it. Verse four. And the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, and God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, let me tell you something. That verse right there shows me he knows your name. He knows my name. He knows your name. He knows your, he knows who we are. He knows everything about us and it doesn't, and it doesn't, and we ought to just humble ourselves before Him because there's nothing that we can hide in our heart that He doesn't know. All of our hate, all of our love, all of our likes, all of our dislikes, all, everything that comes out of our mouth, our heart, our, our, God knows us to the core. It ought to force us to just keep our arm open, to just love Him, to get close to Him as close as we can because He knows us personally. Okay, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. He said, draw not nigh hither. That's far enough. Or you won't be consumed, Bubba. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou upon thou standest is holy ground. Can you imagine from the beginning of time, outside of, the, of God talking to Abraham, I mean, can you imagine hearing God's voice speak to you personally? I can. That's why we have the word today in the New Testament. He speaks to us through his word. But I can't imagine the sight that Moses said, here I am, God. He said, don't, that's far enough. Take your shoes off. Where you're standing, I'm telling you, it's, it's holy ground. Moreover, verse 6, he said, I am God of thy father. He's identifying himself. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. And I stop right there. I do a lot of things in my life that's not pleasing to God. But there's not a night that I go by that I don't confess my sins and ask God to just forgive me, to cover me. And when I get to that point, I spiritually put myself at the feet of God and hide my face in tears. He's a holy God. 
He's a good God. He loves us as his own as we love our own kids. And when we get to that point where we can just totally get cleansed and we realize how holy he is and how unworthy we are, all we can do is just bow and, and, and cover our face and say, God, I got one thing. One thing I want to ask you. I want to be more like you. I don't need money. I just want to be more like you. And I can't do it. I need help. And this is what Moses, Moses was hiding his face. He said, man, I have no business here before front of God. I just have, he's God. God the Father. And the God, and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. That's, that's literally how I am. I'm sometimes so ashamed of how I act during the week on certain days that I'm afraid to even approach him until I get clean. Okay. I'm not talking about them all. I'm talking about sometimes I go down to the road and I said, you are one jackass, buddy. And I say it. And I don't, and that's, that's, to me, that's sin. I mean, that, that's just me. And I'm thinking in my heart, I'm not saying it to him. But sometimes I wave my fist and I point and I, I don't, I don't use the other sign. But I always think when I act ungodly, somebody could be sitting right there just, ain't that Danny? Isn't that a hidden, uh, isn't he, go to that Buford rub? And I just get so ashamed of myself how I act sometimes publicly. And God, that's unpleasing to God. And so let's get back to the message rather than my fault. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard that cry by reason of this taskmakers, for I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians and bring them out of the land into a good land, into a large, into a land that's full of milk and honey in the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Havites and the Jebusites. Now see, the Jebusites, that's where, that's leading up to Moriah as well. And I'm not, we just finished that because Orion was a Jebusite where David had bought the threshing floor from. Okay. Now before, now, be, now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have seen the oppressions there with the Egyptians have done. Okay. I'm not going to get into the story of Moses. I'm just saying this event took on, took place on Sinai. Well, it was, he called it Horeb here, but I'm going to get, get to where it's actually called Sinai as well. Okay, Exodus chapter 4, verse 14. Moses is trying to get out of it. God told Moses, go and deliver my people out of Egypt. Moses is trying to give him every excuse he can. The pastor just taught on that not long ago. Okay, chapter 4 of Exodus. And... Um, Verse 10, and Moses said unto him, My Lord, I am not eloquent here, and I neither hereto nor since thou hast spoken to thy servant, but I am of a slow speech and a slow tongue. And the Lord's spirit said unto him, Who made your mouth? Who made man's mouth? You're not understanding. Do you realize what you're looking at? 
You're looking at a burst that's not burning. You're looking at a holy God, the God that created everything, that created you. Is tell, who do you think is on your side? Verse 12, Now therefore go, I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O Lord, send me, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom will thou will send. And here's where I wanted to go to this chapter is because this is how God knows it all. He knows everything. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, Is not your brother Aaron, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? That won't, Aaron won't dare. That's just showing that God, there's nothing, not one thing that God does not know. Not one thing. Look, you got a brother Aaron, he's a Levite. And uh, we'll get into the Levites later. I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when this, when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put the word his, in his, put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall say. Now, this is the important to memorize in scripture. David has been preaching on teaching on the Holy Spirit. We all ought to just, just drill in our heart, memorize as much scripture as you can. Because when we're out on that battlefield out there, folks, sometimes we just don't know what to say. And by the way, I got, I want you to pray for me this week. I'm going to have a chance to actually tell the whole gospel to a young man who's hungry. Just got out of high school, starting college. He wants to understand. He's not a Christian. His folks are not Christians. But the Lord has given me an opportunity to personally talk to him and share the gospel. Now I'm going to start from the beginning until he wants to quit. But he's hungry. This is the type of people that, that, that people are looking that God puts in your life. It's going to, I, I, I'm going to just sow the seed. He may not accept Christ then, but he's going to understand the gospel. Y'all pray for that this week because it's, it's real important to me. When somebody is hungry and wants to know and asks me, that doesn't happen often, people, I'm telling you. And okay. Okay, so here we are. The Lord has told him, don't you worry about what you say. That was my point. I didn't know why I got on that. You don't have to worry. If you put it into the hands of God, when you come into a challenge, when you come up to something in life, God says, just let it go. Put your care on me. He said, I'm got it. It's all mine. And, and, and you move forward and you, the Holy Spirit works through you if your, if your heart's clean. The Bible says, if we hide iniquity in our heart, He's not going to hear us. But if we get clean and sanctify ourselves and let the Holy Spirit come in us, He will teach us Everywhere we walk, everything we say, what to do, and he will guide us and lead us into all truth. And uh, that's the whole point, being sanctified. Sanctify yourself before you get into battle. Don't try to get out there and, 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 and fight this world without the Holy Spirit helping. So the Holy Spirit will teach. Okay, ex let's go to Exodus 19. Okay, in the third month, which is June, because April is their first month, and that was set up in, in uh, 
we'll, we'll get into the feast days later. But uh, as they erected the tabernacle, this is a big study. It's going to take me three or four weeks to get out of this because, not to get out of it, but to explain it to the way we understand it. Every, every time one of these holidays or feast days came up, the cloud would come down and they said, erect the tabernacle. And they would sit there until, and, and as long as the cloud was there, that's where they stayed. When the cloud disappeared, they move on. But the cloud led them by day and the fire by night. And when I get to that, those scriptures, you'll see how no matter day, no matter night, no matter what time it is, where you are in this world, the Holy Spirit is with you if you are a Christian. He will guide you. He will lead you. And He is always there in every step that you go. And, he, and, he, and it's explained very plainly. Hey, I'm going to lead you. Cloud by day, fire by night. But I'm not going to leave. I'll be right there. When the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. This is the Sinai Peninsula. It's, uh, between, it's, it's, it's right there, part of Egypt. And that's another part we'll get to. You know, it's bye-bye Sinai. When they get, off the, get over to Canaan, they move on to a new mountain. They, they, they came into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai. And they pitched in the wilderness there, and Israel camped before the mount. They came to the mountain and said, okay, this is a good place to stop. This is a good place to, to rest. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain. Second, this is, Moses is now familiar with the voice of God. As we get, as we become Christians, the more we grow, the more we learn, the more we let Him guide our lives, we begin to recognize when God or the Holy Spirit is talking to us. You ought not be doing that. Don't say that. I need you to come here and do this. I need you to pick this song out for the service. Totally, I need you. You need to study this for these people. And you begin to recognize, Pastor Tony, I need you to do this for the church. I need you to do that for the church. And, and, and you've, you've always got complainers. You've always got something, but, but he's being led. He's recognized the voice of God. And, and the closer we get to the Lord, I'm telling you, you'll begin to recognize that, that calm, that sweet, hey, you, 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 you struggle, you struggle, and then all of a sudden you get a peace. Oh. Oh, that's what you want. Understand, I feel his presence. I feel him talking. And you can feel the presence. You begin to, begin to recognize the Holy Spirit working in your life. And when, when verse 3 of chapter 19, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called on him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and the children of Israel, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. Yet they murmured and complained. I don't know about you, but if I was standing on the side of an ocean, a sea, and it split, and Moses says, stand back and see the little, see what God can do. And he parted a sea, and that whole million and a half people went straight across on dry ground, and it flooded the Egyptians. How could they murmur and complain? How is that possible? 
I don't know about you, but if I was to witness something like that, let me tell you something, it would drastically change my life. I'm seeing it, but if I actually physically saw it, this, this stuff happened, folks. And I can't imagine a group of people, a nation, seeing that they just came out of it and they just start complaining. Verse 4, you've seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. I'm bringing you to me. You're not looking for me. I'm looking for you. Now I'm calling you. Come. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. We'll get into this covenant here in a minute. We're starting to the Mosaic covenant. We're leaving the Abrahamic covenant and we're coming into the Mosaic covenant. And uh if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all of the earth is mine. That's a powerful verse right there. The entire earth is his. That should comfort every one of our hearts. These global warmest, warmest people, these people that want to come around and just change the, the change God and change and, and knock him out of their life, it, it, it just blows my mind. You can go to a produce stand in a grocery store and just look at it. How in the world can somebody believe in an explosion in the sky say, okay, there's beets, there's carrots, there's tomatoes. Over here down in the south, there's coconuts. Over here, there's bananas. Now you go out to the west, there's pineapples and, and all the different fruits and, and every single thing that's in a produce stand can sit there and say, there's no explosion in the sky that can do that. It's just impossible. It's more, it's easier to believe that somebody created all of that. How can somebody totally convince themselves that there was a boom and all of a sudden rows of corn strike fell to the earth? That's, I don't know, I'm not getting on that too much, but I'm talking, the, 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 the core of what I'm saying is, is people get away from God and it's, and it's like if you're, like if you plant gardens. You get a garden going before it looks so beautiful and you get some pickings out and you, you have to leave for two or three days and you come back and you let it go for one day. It's like our spiritual life. You let it go for two days. You let it go for three days. Then the weeds have taken over and you have, and you look, they begin to choke out the good. You, you weed, you weed, you weed, and then you, 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 it looks halfway decent. You get it halfway right. Your spiritual life is the same way. You let a day go without Bible reading. You let your day go without praying. You let a day go without talking with God. The next day becomes tougher and tougher to get back to it. Just like you go for a week, two weeks away from your garden, it's going to be so many weeds taking root that you're going to say, the heck with it, I'll plant it next year. And you just walk away. It's too much work to get it back to where it needs to be. And you, and you let it go. And that's how, that's what happens to a lot of people in church. They let the roots of this world just dig in deep. They let the roots of this system just get so deep in and they quit pulling it by the roots. Some of us just cut the grass, cut the weeds. You've got to get on there in your life and you got to pull that stuff out by the roots and you got to keep it clean. You got to keep it nice. You got to keep it going to keep it where it needs to be. Or the roots will take over and choke out the word. And this is what happened to these people. They saw and they did, but they, but the, they, they let corruption overtake them. Okay. 
Let me see where I was. Let me just get back to my verse. I had 19, verse 11. Okay. At verse 9 of chapter 19. And the Lord said unto Moses, I come to thee in a thick cloud that the people... Let me see. I wanted to back up some there. Let's go to verse 7 of chapter 19. And Moses came and called for all the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded. Because when you got a million and a half people, it's hard to sit there and talk to all these people. But you had the, you had the 12 tribes of, 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 of Jacob and you had these, so, and you had leaders in, in each tribe and you had leaders in each group of people as they, they had to be organized to move that many people. So you had to have com, command somewhere with all these people in different groups. And so you had the elders, what you call the leaders, the elders. And lay these words which the Lord commanded to him, said this. Now don't leave out nothing. You tell these people this is God speaking. Some of them over here chewing gum, if they had gum back then. Some of them over here doing all this stuff, they ain't listening. They don't want to hear that. They're just partying. Verse nine, uh, now we, um, verse eight. And the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken to us, we will do. Oh yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. But you go outside and get away from the preaching, everything changes. And Moses returned these words to the people and to the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, I come to thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak unto thee. They need to hear me speak. So I'm going to come down in a cloud because if they see me, they're going to be perished. That, that's later in the scripture. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. And believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. The Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow. This is telling us how to get close to God, folks. If you study this deep and look at the context, listen, you want me to answer. You want me to be there. You want to tug, you want to get in touch with me. You want to tug my heartstrings. You want to, you've got a burden. You've got a need. You've got finances. You've got a marriage. You've got something in trouble. Sanctify yourself. Take a day or two. Fast and sanctify yourself. Get yourself clean before you approach me. And if you're clean, if you're right, if, if the sin is covered, if the blood is there, I don't see the sin. I see the blood. And I will answer thee. I'll answer you. I will just, just, just sanctify yourself before you approach me and you can reach me. Let's see verse 11. And be ready against, let's no, verse back to verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them even wash their clothes. See, this, this, this is a powerful verse. If you look at it, he's telling us how to reach him today. He's not literally saying wash your clothes. What he's basically saying to us today is clean your heart up so I can talk to you. So I love you so much, but I can't go against my word. I can't, I can't go against it. There's sin there. Get your sin covered. Wash your clothes. Wash your heart. Wash your mind. And then come to me. I want to answer you. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Now see, I'm going to have to, trying to look at the time. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people, round about saying, 
Take heed unto yourselves that you go not up to the mount. Stay away from me. Some of you are not going to be clean. Some of you are not going to do this. Some of you are not going to sanctify yourself. Some of you, so don't, 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 don't jeopardize yourself. I'm not, I'm not going, but if you come too close in that condition, it's going to be curtains. Tell, take the people around about saying, take heed to yourself that you go not up to the mount or to even touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. I'm sure some of them tried it and did. Some of them didn't listen to that. I mean, I'm just, I don't know that. The scripture don't say it. But I guarantee you, somebody, oh, I don't believe that. I'm going to go up there and try it. You know how people are. We're all the same. They're, they're the same then and the same today. Solomon said in, in uh, Ecclesiastes, nothing is new under the sun. People are always the same. There shall not a hand touch it. But he shall be surely stoned or shot through. That means with a thunderbolt. Whether it be a beast or a man, it shall not live. Hey, keep your cattle away from me. Keep everything away from me. I'm coming down from heaven in a cloud. And I'm going to come on. You see, the cloud is important. You got, we're not going to get into that. He's Coming back in the clouds, man. I'm telling you, there's so much scripture here that if you look at the New Testament, you can see it from start to beginning. He's coming down in a cloud here, folks. And he's coming down on Mount Sinai. He said, get all this stuff away from me. Y'all keep it back. I'm going to talk to you. But just keep your distance, and I'm going to talk to you. And God said, going to come down in a cloud. Can you imagine that? And talk to him. Verse 13 again, there shall not a hand touch it, but shall surely be stoned throughout, whether it be a beast or a man, and shall not live. And when the trumpet sounds long, there it is. Another nice thing. When the trumpet sounds, they shall come up to the mount. Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. They washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, be ready against the third day. Come not even to your wives. I, I, this, that, that's a little deep. I mean, this, what he's talking about is don't don't lay down with your wife then. But I also think stay away from your wife because y'all gonna get to arguing and fighting about something, and I don't want that. <laughs> I know me and my wife. If I was going to reach God, I got to get away from her for for a few hours. That you know, because we 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 don't agree on nothing other than uh, one day I'm gonna die. <laughs> Not literally. We had 42, 41 years this year, so it's not. I'm making fun of it. I said, don't even come near your wives. And uh, I'm going to have to finish up with this verse. But I've got a whole lot more to cover. And I enjoy when I teach folks, I learn. This is something that's not up here. This is something that's in here. And I'm just trying to, trying to do better with my life. And I hope we can all do, grow together. Let's see. Verse 16, and I'm going to have to end with this. And it came to pass on the third day of the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings. I guarantee you that was one big storm to come down there. It had to scare the people. When God's coming down, if it's thundering and lightning, it was not no little boom rumbling in the background. And a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud. 
Now, I wonder who was blowing that. Was it Gabriel? Was it Michael? Who was, who was blowing the trumpet that was exceedingly loud? And all the people that was in the camp trembled. The presence of God was coming on the scene. And they trembled. And that should be every one of us when we approach God, not trembling in fear for like these people, but trembling, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, if there's something else that I've forgotten, bring it out so I can get it right. I need to get in touch with God. But if I'm hiding iniquity in my heart, He's not going to hear me. Help me, O oh Lord. Cleanse me. And this is, this, it's, it's more, it's more to Mount Sinai than just that Moses was seeing the burning bush and getting the Ten Commandments. I'm going to have to finish up next time, but I got, I got plenty of stuff to go. This is going to take a couple of weeks to do it, but I'm, I'm just glad you came out to do it, but I'm going to have to stop right there. And, uh, verse 18, and the Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in the fire. Mountain was on fire, full of smoke, and God was in the middle of it. You know what that basically tells me? Folks, when you're in a fire, when you're firing this life, when there's smoke all around you, when you're in trouble, God's in the fire with us. I'm telling you. And I'll close with that. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.